0: Well, I hope that worship was as meaningful to you as it was to me. I hope you're able to kind of clear your headspace and focus in on who God is. He's good. He's good. I hope you know how good He is. I think this message is going to remind you of that today. We're wrapping up our Room Enough series. And by the way, I hope you had an incredible Christmas. Uh, I'm ready. I'm so ready to put 2020 behind us and move on to 2021, which is why I named the series we're starting off 2021 with as Worst Year Ever. And it's going to be all about learning what we can take from the worst year ever and make next year the best year yet. And and I hope you're really excited to jump into me. It's going to be a positive series, I promise, despite the title but it's going to be one I think that's really impactful. And and so let's jump into this next and last kind of end of the year deal here. Man, end of the year 2020, 2021's going to be a big year for us. I hope you're planning on getting involved. Even if you're just someone who participates on the online location. Listen, you are as much a part of this place as anyone else, and we need your help too. We're constantly looking to expand our reach, do more and more and more, and we have areas you could get involved and serve, whether that's on the ground in a real live location, or whether that's In the internet, on a real live online location, we could use your help. And if you're interested in any of that, just hit the great connect button in the message part there. Just type, hey, Josh, I'd love to learn how I could be more involved. And I personally will get that message and we'll end up getting back to you in the next week or two. Anyway, room enough to wait for it. You ready for the last message in this Christmas series room enough to wait for checking out a dude named Simeon and uh, let's pray and we'll get right into it dear God we're just so thankful you know it's been a it's been a crazy year we're winding it down here at Grace Free Church it's been a crazy year not one that we're necessarily super pumped about and it's one that most people are looking forward to turning the page on as we turn the page we don't want to forget the lessons that you've taught us the incredible things you've been showing us. We don't want any of this time we spent this last year in 2020 to be wasted. So help us to remember you and what you have done. Use your word right now to like teach us and and move the things in our lives that need to be moved so that we could see you more clearly. We're so thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. This message is called Room Enough to Wait for It room enough to wait for it, and we are jumping into a passage at the end of what the Christmas story usually looks like for us, and it's found in Luke chapter 2 and verse 22. It's about when Jesus was presented to the temple, which was the tradition, the, the rightful act in their, in their way of practicing their, their faith at the time to take all of the firstborn sons and present them At the temple. It's a passage that we refer to when we're doing things like baby dedications. It's a really important passage, although it's one that often gets stuck. At the end of the Christmas story, these characters in this passage, they're like the characters that kind of get left behind a little bit. They're just on the outskirts of what's really happening. These are the characters, they don't take the main stage. Their story kind of runs and sometimes even gets lost in the shuffle. And maybe that's how you feel. (laughs) Maybe you can relate to this passage in this sermon. Maybe this is going to be the big one for you that really gets your attention because you, like Simeon, like Anna, are, are feel like you're left to the, to the back of the whole equation, like you're running on the outskirts, like people see you, but they're not really paying attention to you. Now, Simeon, he's here in this message called Room Enough to Wait for It. That's what we're calling this message. I want to read this passage to you. It says, When the time, of, the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, meaning Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it was written, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping what, what is said in the law of the Lord. Skip down to 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I know that word always trips me up there. What's the consolation of Israel? He's waiting for the messianic hope, the Savior they were looking forward to, the promised Messiah they were hanging all their hope on to. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, but here's the kicker, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Somebody should circle that or underline that. You see, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms. Some moms are getting nervous at that part, right? Like little baby snatcher coming along. (laughs) little baby snatcher at the grocery store, you know, like, not like a real, just one of those creepy ones that kind of creep in and don't know personal space and take the baby. All right, I'm totally screwing that part up right now. Like, a little too close. Back on up a little bit. Simeon, though, he was moved by the Spirit, and Mary was gracious and loving, apparently, because the story goes on, and it says, He took him in his arms, and he praised God, saying, now check this out. He had been promised he would see the Messiah in his lifetime. The Spirit had whispered to him that he would realize the hope that he was expectant for in his lifetime before he died. The Spirit whispered in him, God whispered in his ear, that time is just move, time to go, time to follow, head to the temple. And here's his prayer as he holds Jesus. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all these nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, then Simeon blessed them. And said to Mary, his mother, it's a very prophetic word here. He's still listening. The child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken again so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. That's prophetic, pointing to the cross of Calvary. There's also a prophet named Anna, another figure kind of left on the outskirts she was a daughter, uh, and it kind of gives some, some information about her. She was very old and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She spent a lot of time as a widow and alone, and it says she never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Mary and Joseph, they kind of did what they needed to do and then went on their way. You have these two characters here highlighted in a passage, two characters that maybe you never even heard before, two characters who lie on the outskirts of the story, but who God wanted to use greatly in the story of Mary and Joseph, who God used to speak truth. You see, it's never too late, and this sermon is called Room Enough To wait for it. Waiting's so tough. I think it's probably one of the toughest things to to do. You, You can see it in the eyes of the kids waiting, counting down the sleeps till Christmas. Every night I get a report about how many sleeps. There are till Christmas. I love the enthusiasm and the expectation that can come when you are waiting for something you're really excited about. And and sometimes waiting is is an exercise in patience, even in the midst of excitement. You're waiting for something. Sometimes waiting is a little more desperate, though. You're waiting for a change, or you're waiting for something to break your way, something new to come into your life, to give you something a little bit better. It's so hard when you're waiting. Because the longer you wait for something, the harder it is to really stay in that expectation of a promise that you hope to realize. The longer you have to wait for something that you feel like God wants to do for you, the harder it gets to stay content and expectant of God. And in those moments where we're waiting, our faith, it starts to to fail a bit. We, We start to drift. We get stuck in these spaces that feel like a desert or a wilderness. We're just Moving on, wandering through, waiting and waiting and waiting, and never really realizing what we hope for, or what we're expecting. People wait for all different kinds of things. Wait for love, wait for that prince in shining armor, wait for a friend, waiting for somebody to come back to you, waiting for your health to turn in the right direction, waiting for Waiting, waiting for that promotion. We just wait and wait and wait and wait. And in the waiting, big questions can pop up. God, did you really mean that? Is that promise something really for me? Our insecurities can flare in the waiting. Did, did I, maybe I screwed this up. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I lost my chance. Maybe I can't come back from this all of these things swirl around while we're waiting. But here we have this picture of Simeon whose life looks much different while he's waiting for God to make good on the promise he had given him. I mean, the, the promise was clear to Simeon. The Spirit of God had spoken to him and said, you're not going to die until you see with your very own eyes the Messiah, the Savior The one who will be a light to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. You are going to see the Messiah. And he waited a long, long time. We get that Simeon was old in age. He's like counting down the clock watching the clock. He knows, man, he's running out of time. It's going to have to be a last minute, last moment promise. But like with everything, God's timing is always better than our timing. And his purpose is realized, not just when we realize our promise it's realized as we live out our purpose in the waiting and that's what's so beautiful about this character that gets lost in the shuffle of christmas simeon had been faithful and righteous the whole time and while he had visited the temple often he was living out the purpose that god had given him listen it's never too late and the time is right now To realize you have a purpose too. And God has some promises for you. And what he promised you, he will make do on. But while you wait, you could be living out the purpose now. You could be living in the meaning right now. I think that's why Simeon, he's a picture of contentment while he waits. That's usually not us. Usually we're a picture of agitation. All you have to do is just watch somebody who's in a hurry to get home at a red light or in a drive through that's taking a little too long. What we, what we feel and experience when we're waiting is agitation, not contentment. and Pessimism creeps in instead of expectation. But you have Simeon living in such a way with God that even though I'm sure the questions would pop in for him, even though he would have... He would have some, even though his waiting for God to make do on his promise was probably some days a physical waiting as he grew in age. It was probably a very emotional act of waiting as he had to temper his emotions and realign his heart with what God had whispered in his ear. It was probably a spiritual act where he had to wrestle down the doubts and stick with his faith. Even though waiting was those three things for him, he stayed content. Maybe waiting for you is a physical act, right? Right now you're physically waiting for something to change, maybe it's emotion, you're trying to remind your heart of what God has said, maybe it's spiritual, where you're starting to question and the doubts are popping up and you have a choice to make whether you're going to lean into your faith or indulge your doubts, whether you're going to listen more for the voice of God or turn the volume up on your circumstances. He had to wait, and waiting is tough, but somehow Simeon here, he's waiting, and he's content while he's waiting, and he's expecting God. His expectation is high. I-, I want that to be a picture of what it looks like to really wait on God when we're in the right space in the middle of the waiting, what, what, it-, what it should look like for us. It's not always easy, it's not always smooth sailing, there's bumps in the road, sometimes it's a physical challenge, sometimes it's an emotional challenge, sometimes it's a spiritual challenge, but but what we should realize and default to is contentment, knowing that God's timing is better, that we don't have to wait to live out our purpose, that we don't have to wait to experience The joy he has for us every day it's content and it's also expectant knowing that at any moment god could show up and surprise us loving the fact that his timing is perfect and that he will do new things in and for us trusting enough to say that if he promised it he's going to deliver now listen, I, I'm i not an expert at this. I still struggle with this as much as you do. But I found that there's only really one way for me to really be in that space so that I could be content in all circumstances so that I could so that I could live expectantly. And I found the key to that laid out so well in John chapter 15. It's a teaching God, Jesus gives us about himself and our connection with him. In some of your translations, this will say remain, and in some it'll say abide. You know that word, like the dude abides from the big Lebowski. That word abide, remain, all the same idea. And check these words out. It says in verse 4, it's a a long passage, I'm not... uh, I'll just read it for you. Remain in me. He says, let's start at verse 1. I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That doesn't sound good. While every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You have already... You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now listen, here's that abide, remain word. It pops up for the first time in verse 4. Circle this. It says, remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That remain, okay? Abide. I I am the vine in verse 5. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Check this out. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you... Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That's a big deal. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As a Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love if you keep my commandments, and you will remain, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this. Check this out. Circle this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. It's a good word from Jesus, it's a picture. You, you get this word abide, it's not actually really doing anything except remaining in who Jesus is. You need to remind somebody to remain, like you remind kids to remain still, like you've got to remind them that they got to wait a little bit. Remind, you, you know, when you have to remind somebody is to keep them from drifting. Has your faith been adrift lately? The voice of Jesus to the disciples was hitting that. So Like, yo, just... Abide with me, just be with me, just be here with me, just rest in this space with me. You don't got to do anything crazy, that's good news for those of you that are worn out. You don't got to add a bunch of to-do lists to to make it on on your thing. There's no like 10 points to, to keep up with in this sermon to make this all happen. The contentment and the joy that results in it is just found from being found. Close to Jesus, remain in me. Like just a reminder over and over again. Yeah, life's busy, it's crazy, you got a lot of stuff going on. You're bouncing all over the place. Just reap remain in him. For some of us, that means you got to come back to him because you've drifted far enough that you've walked away. You've been out there and you can come back. You don't have to dress it up first. You don't have to lock it down first. You don't have to get your life in order first. You don't have to behave more first. Jesus just says, come to me, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, like the prodigal son, just come to me. Just turn To me, some of us abiding in him means we just got to get found back where we belong in his presence. Others of us, we just got to divert our attention. We've been with him, but our eyes have been adrift. It's Like a kid trying to take virtual school. Every bird that flies across the window is a new distraction. Every noise in the other room is a new distraction. We're just checking out everything. And the reminder of Jesus is just like, yo, Pull your attention back and remain in me. There's three things that happen in this, right? Like, you find power for your life because you can't do it without him. Because a branch disconnected from the vine, it just withers away. But a it's connected to the vine, it grows and grows. You find power and strength just by abiding close to Jesus. You find purpose. A branch's purpose is to bear fruit, and that fruit to be good fruit for the enjoyment of other people. You find purpose. You find purpose and you find provision. Because if you ask whatever you ask, it will be done for you. Power, purpose, and provision. Three categories, you may not realize it, but that you call out to God for often. Three categories, three things you're constantly searching for in what you do and in where you go. Everybody wants strength and power to make it and to make it well. Everybody wants a purpose for their life and meaning for what they do and where they go. And everybody wants their needs met to have what we need for the day we're facing. And all three things this passage Jesus says come from being Found at the right place. Not doing anything. Just being with. Abide. Remaining in Jesus. So encouraging. Where you find yourself has often, it has a lot to do with what you find. Where you are found. Where you're found. Has a lot to do with what you find. <laughs> you 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 know this right? Like, as some of you, y'all lived some lives. You, you did. We we've done some stuff, right? Like, we know there's certain places and certain situations where we find some stuff. But we it's it's because we were found at the wrong place in the wrong time. We found some stuff. You can find some stuff out by where you're found. And here you have two people. They were found in the right spot. And so what they they find is hope and joy and everything. They were living expectantly waiting for in that space. (laughs) Simeon, he just, he, he abides... Because some, somebody's like, how do you abide, right? Like, am I just supposed to sit in a room, like, pull out a yoga mat and, like, sit on it and, like, wait for Jesus? Do I just lay my, my Bible under my pillow and maybe, like, is that how I abide with Jesus? Do I just have to read the whole thing from front to back over and over again? Do I, do I have to spend, like, four hours praying every morning? What does abide mean? For Simeon, I think it, abiding meant just listening and follow and being willing to follow and serving that's how Simeon was abiding he wasn't at the temple every day all day living and sleeping though Anna was Simeon he would just pop in from time to time but his focus and his ears and his mind were set on God they were set on him he wasn't thinking about the earthly things all the time he was thinking about the heavenly things he was looking for what God was going to do in his life, how God was going to show up, and he was listening for God's voice. I hope you're doing that right now. See, without even knowing it, by watching this video, you're abiding. You're remaining near to Christ. You're listening for him. Simeon was just listening. I listen in prayer by shutting my mouth. (laughs) By realizing that I just talk too much sometimes. You You all know that pretty well about me and sometimes i just need to in in my time with god just shut her down and just say god what do you got for me and then just sit in the stillness sometimes i listen by by turning all of the music off in my car and just driving in silence and thinking about god sometimes i listen for his voice by putting on worship music and just really listening to, to, to the worship and allowing my heart to, to worship God and to praise him. Sometimes I listen just by looking through the Bible and finding a passage or a verse and, and focusing on it and just diving into it. That's how I listen for God's voice. It's what I do every week in preparation for these messages. Like, God, I need you to show up and speak to me so I can speak to them. We just got to learn how to practice listening like singing. And then being willing to follow It's applying. You see, you can listen to all the sermons in the world and never get anywhere. It's when you actively listen for God's voice in the middle of His scripture that you really get something. It's when it's active listening, not just hearing. And there's application. It's a, it's a willingness to follow. You know, make it a goal to take one thing every week this next year. One thing and apply it in your spiritual journey. Man, that's 52 absolutely incredible steps in a year. God will bless those steps. In Proverbs twenty-eight twenty it says, A faithful person will be richly blessed. Some of y'all want the blessing without the faithfulness. A faithful person will be richly blessed he's listening and he's willing to follow and he's serving he's using his gifts at the temple to bless others he'd seen a lot of kids come through a lot of people he'd helped he'd seen a lot of babies but there he is serving and helping people at the temple three ways to stay close to jesus listen actively listen for his voice in his word in the messages in the music actively listen be willing to follow and apply it so when you hear the whisper saying it's time to go to the temple it's time to go to church it's time to help that person you're actually willing to respond to god's voice in your life and then use what you have to share the fruits you have with others like serve him so many people miss out on some of the most incredible blessings i'm so glad that I learned from my dad and mom at a very young age to serve in the church. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. I would have missed out on so many exciting and amazing things in my life. I would not be living in my purpose if i hadn't learned that at a young age there's something beautiful and special you learn in serving others with the gifts and the purpose god's given you and if you're still not serving others man the church is the place to start that journey will help you find your purpose will help You find your giftedness will help you see your impact in the lives of others. Serving, it doesn't have to do with preaching. It just has to do with using what you're good at, what you love to do, to help other people grow too. Anna was doing that every day, man. So for her, she poured it all in, serving every day at the temple. So when this moment happens, she didn't miss it. She didn't miss it. She could see God at work, and she heard what God was doing simply because she was found at the right place. And where you're found has a lot to do with what you find. I'm so glad uh, Simeon, he didn't just stop listening when he heard what he wanted to hear, He had built it into such a routine in his life that even when he gets this word, prophetic word from God to Mary, the mother of Jesus, he he just blurts out these words. They sound crazy when you listen to it, but he didn't stop at what he wanted to hear. He had made it part of him to, to keep listening. I'm still listening. Are you? I'm still listening. Make that your declaration today. God, I'm still listening. I've been distracted, but I'm still going to listen to you. I've been running around like crazy. I've been found at the wrong spot. But but I'm telling you today, I'm, I want to be found in the right spot because I want to find the right stuff for me, and I'm going to abide with you. I want the power you have for my life. I want the provision you have for my life. I want the purpose you have for my life. I'm going to abide close to you just by listening, by being found in the right space by serving, he was still listening. And so he got to speak these incredible and prophetic, even though very hard words, to Mary. A sword will pierce your own soul too. The hearts of many will be revealed. Hey, what's Jesus reveal about your heart right now? What's he What's he speaking and whispering to you through all of the noise of life as you watch right now? Maybe it's time to just get back, not to doing a bunch of stuff, just to abiding with Jesus. So you can learn that while you wait for the promises to be revealed in your life, you can be content. You can have your joy be made complete And you can live in expectation knowing that God's going to do something amazing in your life. I hope you believe that. I hope you take and receive that word from God. I hope you realize the blessing can be found in the waiting and in the promise. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us. And we just are lost without it. We have nothing without Jesus that baby in a manger, that Savior on a cross, the empty tomb, sealing our hope. So thankful nothing can steal it away from us. And as we turn the page from this year into a new one, I just pray that you would settle that into our, help us to make this year a year we practice abiding with you. Help us to be a people in a church that is listening for your voice and willing to follow it.